Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Greetings, loyal Tech Stuff fans, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Ahoy hoy! <laughs> Okay, it's an interesting way to start off our podcast this afternoon. Right. I, well, there's another interesting way we could start off our podcast. Okay. That would be with listener mail. Yeah, I feel ambushed. Yeah, well, you know, you walked right into that one. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, here's a, a listener mail from Liana. And Liana says, I was wondering, what's USB 2.0 all about? Will all my peripherals for my laptop stop working if I don't install a USB 2.0 hub? It'd be cool to hear a podcast on this. Thanks. Liana, uh, hopefully we didn't get to this too late. USB 2.0 has been around for a while. Yeah, um, quite some time. <laughs> Chances are you're actually using USB 2.0 peripherals right now, in fact. Um, I would be very surprised to hear that you were using USB 1.1. Uh, 2.0 has been the standard for a while, and 3.0, uh, the 3.0 um, specifications were released last year. Uh, we can expect to see USB 3.0 devices 
probably sometime in 2010, I would say. Yeah, um, I've seen as early as this year, but uh, it's going to take them a while to get it in rolled yeah. out into the the. Uh, in the individual, pipeline. yeah, things That's like things like pipeline. digital cameras and MP3 players and all that kind of stuff. It'll it's going to take a little while. But you asked, what's the deal about it, and do you need a hub and all these kind of questions? We're going to tackle that. Uh, so USB, it's really um, a, a method of transferring data back and forth between different devices uh, using a, a a cable, a USB cable. Yep. Um, USB, going back to uh, the very beginning, USB is actually sort of an old technology now. I mean, 1.0 was launched in November of 1995. Right. And the first really, the one that, that really took off was 1.1, which came out in September 1998, which uh, ironically was the same month that they launched the Bondi Blue iMac, the very, very first iMac, which was the first computer that used only USB and no other technologies. Right. So you might wonder, okay, so what's the big deal with USB? Uh, USB, first of all, it stands for Universal Serial Bus. Right. And a USB is just a, a way of connecting a device to something like a computer. Um, actually, it is a computer. I mean, a computer acts as the host for, for USB devices. And the reason why USB is such a big deal is before USB, you had lots of proprietary or very specialized kinds of cables and plugs that you had to use for different kinds of devices if like, you wanted to hook them up to your computer. Like parallel, serial, SCSI, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, you had all these different different things. Like if you had a printer, then you were going to use a, a, a parallel printer port. Right. Um, which were, you know, these pretty wide uh uh cables. Uh, monitors had their own kind of uh connectors, modems had their own kind of connectors. Um, and then you had other devices like special joysticks or whatever, where you would have to buy a specific kind of card that you would have to install inside your computer. Um, and the, uh, at one end of the card was essentially a port and you would plug the, the device into that port. And pretty much, uh, usually the, those ports were only good for very specific devices. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't multitask with one of these things. So it ended up where you had all these different proprietary plugs and all these different proprietary ports, and you, it wasn't easy to switch out gadgets. Um, if you decided that you wanted to upgrade, you might have to buy a whole bunch of new, uh, new hardware in order to upgrade. It just wasn't very convenient. Now, the universal serial bus is much more convenient because it's a cable that if you create a device that uses this, then you know it, it, you can plug it into the same port as you would any other USB device. So you could use, uh, let's say you've got a USB keyboard and a USB mouse, and you also have a USB microphone, and you have a USB uh, MP3 player. All of those devices could plug into the exact same port as your uh, as any of the others to your computer. Unlike the old devices, which each had to have their own. That's right. And, um, USB has another serious, serious advantage over those older technologies, which is it's hot swappable. Oh, yes. And what that means is if you have a printer and, uh, you want to plug it into your computer and turn it on, you can plug it into your computer and turn it on. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I had, uh, you, most of you longtime listeners know that I used to be a Commodore Amiga owner. Jonathan's rolling his eyes. But what I used to use if I wanted to plug something in was called SCSI, which was uh, an older technology, very fast. But um, let me explain what I'd have to do. Say if I wanted to, to hook up a printer uh, or um, an external DVD burner. Of course, I didn't have those when I used my Amiga. But if I wanted to do that using the old interface, I'd have to turn my computer off and turn the peripheral off, plug it in, 
and make sure that there was a Terminator plugged into the external port on the SCSI device and then turn them on. Now with USB, you can go ahead, plug in your, your, you know, iPod, you can plug in whatever, your keyboard, mouse. You don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to cause your computer to foul up because it would using some of those older technologies. So this is very intuitive and, and it's, you know, you don't have to mess with it. You don't have to turn things off and, and worry about which one is in what order. And those are, are problems that USB really made a difference in and made it easier for manufacturers to come up with a uh, a single standard that they could use for PCs and Macs, both. Right. Yeah, it, it was actually a wonderful development. Um, when you when you plug something into a USB port uh, or when you turn on a computer and things are already plugged into those ports, uh, the computer goes through a process called enumeration. And in enumeration, it, it checks all the different ports and it assigns an address to each device that is connected to the computer. And the same thing happens when you plug something in on the fly. And if the computer recognizes the device, it works right away. If it doesn't recognize the device, it might ask you for a driver, uh, which you may have either on a disk or you may be able to download one off the web. And then you're ready to go. You can just plug it and play. That's uh, the, the common turn of phrase, I guess, for that. But uh, the other neat thing is you can connect way more devices to your computer than you could if you had to depend on, you know, individual plugs and ports, right? That's right. In fact, um, you can include up to 127 uh, with USB. That's a lot of devices. <laughs> now, um, those of you who are listening probably caught the fact that I said printer for the Amiga, and that would actually have been on the parallel port. So don't write in and tell me that. <laughs> but say, um, say I did have a device I wanted to plug in via the SCSI port to my Amiga. See, if you plug in a printer uh, using USB on a modern computer, PC or Mac, mm-hmm. it's going to automatically assign uh, that a, a number from right. one to one hundred twenty-seven. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on my Amiga, I would have had to have actually assigned a number it on myself. So on the back of those devices, there would be a little counter. It looks like those uh, counters that you hand hold in your hand when somebody's walking through the turnstiles and you're actually doing a manual count. So whenever a girl winks at me and I hit the little button, that thing. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh, I'm up. It, it's actually it's actually very much like that though. It has that that digit counter. So you plug it in and you have to assign it a number yourself from one to eight. Mm. So here again, USB. 127 versus a uh, very, uh, you know, a manually assigned eight. So huge advantage. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, how can but, I, but Jonathan and Chris, my computer only has one or two USB ports. How could I possibly hook up as many as 127 devices? Well, you couldn't directly, but if you used what we call uh, hubs, USB hubs, you could do that. And the hub essentially plugs into your computer and it, divides that connection into further ports. Most of them are like, you know, four port hubs. Right. And but you can get eight yeah, or can, even more. Yeah, you can find some that are, that divide it into, into larger numbers. And by hooking hubs to hubs, you then increase, you know, the number of ports that you can plug things into. Plus um, some peripherals like keyboards sometimes have additional USB ports on them or yep. uh, monitors. If you're using a desktop computer, a lot of monitors now have additional USB ports plugged into them so you can use those. So yeah, just by um by adding all these hubs you can uh you can connect tons and tons of devices to your computer. Uh the other neat thing is that uh that they that 
devices can pull power from your computer. There are uh, powered and unpowered devices. Uh, the USB cord, if you were to cut one open, don't do it. But if you were, you would find out that there are, uh, there, was it, I think it's five wires in it or is it four? No, it's got it's got two wires for power and a twisted pair of All right, it's wires more, to carry They data. added five more for USB three. That's why I'm thinking that. That's that. the thing um, about that is that they had to change the wiring. For yeah, USB yeah. 3. But, but anyway. USB two, which is the the common standard right now, there are four wires within the cable. Uh, so yeah, you've got you've got a, a a pair that provides the the transfer of data, and then you have a pair that that's for the power. So you've got a power and a ground essentially. Right. Um. So the power, that's right. right, and it's five volts. I know that. Okay, five volts of power for USB 2.0, and uh, uh, so yeah, you can you can actually power your devices. You can charge them through your computer. Um, they are actually drawing power from your computer to the device, and uh, and so uh, you, you can get hubs that are powered as well, um, you, you, where you would actually plug the hub in, so that way you don't you know overload your computer with 127 devices all trying to pull power from your poor little laptop or whatever you're using yeah it depends on it depends on what you're doing if you're plugging in a mouse um it's going to draw power from the computer yeah but if you're plugging in something more substantial say a printer uh that's not going to be able to pull the uh the power from the computer it's going to need its own power now in the case of a printer it's got its own power supply you know you plug it into the wall but let's say you have a you know you're you're going to work in garage band or uh something else where you want to plug in a keyboard um electronic uh, music keyboard, not a typing keyboard, um, you're going to need another source of power. And if you have a powered hub, that can that can help out with some of those sort of in-between uh, peripherals. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's see, what else can we talk about USB before we move on to FireWire and then USB 3.0? Well, I was going to oh. talk about how, uh, how far you can get away because okay, a, sure, a USB yeah. cable can be about five – meters from the source, right, but uh, right. you can extend that. A powered uh, hub has that use too because uh, it can extend up to um, up to 30 meters away. Okay. And also we should point out, like we mentioned before, the computer acts as a host. So each device is ultimately connecting directly to the computer. Uh, that's important for us to to note because even though it, I mean, the hub might provide a, a a node or whatever, you know, a connect, a further connection, but ultimately the device is interacting directly with the computer, not with other devices that are on your, um, uh, that are hooked up through the USB ports. That's important to note because when we talk about FireWire, things change. It's different. That, um, but we should also talk about the speeds. That's true. I was going to I say this is the part at which we actually address the uh, the guts of the question. Right. <laughs> so USB 1.1 when that that came out. The speed of uh, data transfer was around 12 megabits per second. Right. It's got two modes, 1.5 and 12 yeah, megabits yep. per second. Right. Which so is the, pretty fast. Yeah. But USB 2.0 was 480 megabits per second. Which is even faster. Much faster. Now, you, between USB 1.1 and USB 2.0, that's when we saw the introduction of FireWire. That's true. Can I mention one more thing? Go ahead. Okay. So the other the other part of, of this, and it sort of ties back into the hubs, I've got a, a USB 1.1 hub that I got for my very first iMac. And I have a brand new iMac that I got last fall. Well, no, I don't have to replace that hub. But when I plug that hub into my computer and then I try to plug something else that has USB 2 as the standard, my computer immediately goes, hey, you know, since this is a 1.1 hub, I can't send 
480 megabits per second down this line. Are you right. sure you really want to do that? See, it works fine. It will transfer data fine. Just at the speeds of 1.1 as opposed to 2.0. Exactly. So if you were going to try to plug in your iPod and sync it with your computer, it's not going to be able to transfer songs, movies, etc. nearly as fast if you're throttling it by putting it through a 1.1 hub. Right. But that's that's basically the difference. It yep. doesn't render it inoperable. It just slows it down. Right. It's it's backward compatible. So USB right. 2.0 will work with USB 1.1 um, devices or cables, whatever, whichever one you're looking at. So if you've got a device that has that only works on USB 1.1 and you plug it into a port that's USB 2.0, you should still be okay. You're just going to be going at that lower speed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for for it to go at the higher speed, everything needs to be ready. You know, capable of of performing at the highest of the standards. Right. So, uh, technically, right now, we could say that's USB 3.0. Although you aren't going to find a lot of devices and or computers that can do that right now. But if you did have a USB 3.0 uh, capable computer, cord, and device, then you could transfer at the top speed. And you wanted to talk about FireWire, which was actually in development around the same time as USB and supposed to be a solution to the same problem. Right. So we're talking, uh, you know, there's certain devices that tend to create very large files uh, that you may want to transfer to a computer at some point. And the obvious example of that is a, a camera, a, like a Digital camera or yeah. a camcorder. Yeah. Exactly. So you're taking these pictures or you're taking video and th- this, these tend to generate very large file sizes and it can take a very long time to transfer if you're, you know, if you have to do it through normal cables. So FireWire was one of those solutions. And, um, I believe Apple was behind the development of that, wasn't it? That's true, but, uh, they weren't alone. They no. had other people in there with them, including IBM. Oh, there you go. Um, so from, from what I read anyway. So USB 1.1 comes out. That's one of the possible solutions to this problem. Firewire comes out shortly thereafter. Firewire had a much faster speed than, um, USB 1.1. So we're looking at 12 megabits per second at the top speed for 1.1. Firewire 400, which was the first one to come out, that was 400 megabits per second. Wow. How aptly named. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How do you, what do you know? Firewire 400. Um, and FireWire shared a lot of other similarities with USB. Yep. Uh, you could, you could hook up many different devices to a computer, not as many as USB. USB was 127. FireWire was 63. Mm-hmm. Um, another big difference is that unlike USB, where you had, where each device was ultimately hooked to a computer, in FireWire, you could hook two FireWire devices to each other. And so it's the difference between a, a, host and client relationship and a peer to peer relationship. Mm-hmm. So whereas you, you could think of, um, a, a, uh, let's think of a, think of a, like a USB hub as a, a bunch of spokes that all ultimately end at the computer on one end and on a device on the other end. Right. Okay. So firewire, you could actually daisy chain the devices. You could hook one device to another and then with a second cable, hook that device to a third device and then hook that device to, say, a computer, and all of these could transfer data back and forth. So you didn't have to have a whole bunch of direct connections going to the computer. That's another one of the big differences. Um, and uh, the, the cable was also slightly different. Um, it had six wires in it instead of four. The uh, the FireWire cable had um, had two for power 
and uh, two twisted pair sets for data transfers mm-hmm. instead of just the single twisted pair set for that USB had. Um, so this was uh, Apple really pushed this this and uh, put it in a lot of their products for a really long time, and then until just recently they they started to kind of back off of it. Well, they still have it available on on. A lot of the high-end computers, right? But um, they're sort of backing off. Uh, and although they did come out with a second uh, version of that called, um, you know, you're never going to get this FireWire 800. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess how fast it went. Okay, 800 megabits per second. <sighs> I can't put anything past you. Yeah. So yes, you so, know, it's 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 very efficient. Um, slightly different. The connector is a little different, but right. it is it does work essentially the same way. And you know. Just faster. So yeah, uh, so like let's. USB. If we're looking at the timeline, then USB 1.1 comes out. FireWire 400 comes out, blows away the speed for USB 1.1. USB 2.0 comes out. It's actually a little faster than FireWire. FireWire 800 comes out, and it's almost twice as fast as USB 2.0. So, yay for competition. Yeah, yeah. But then again, at this point, you're dealing with USB and FireWire versus serial, parallel, SCSI, ADB. You know, all those other ports. So now we're just down to two connectors, which is uh, much nicer. Yeah. And really, when you look at most computers, uh, you're really down to one connector. Pretty much now, I because think. Because USB has essentially won this this format battle. Um, all but won it. I mean, there's still people who who work in video um, that prefer FireWire because there are a lot of video cameras that that's, that's the the – the format they use. Well, Sony was a, a big proponent of it, but of yeah. course, Apple owned the FireWire name, so Sony used uh, iLink or i.link. Um, you know, and a lot of other people called it by its uh, standard name, which uh, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Aye! Actually, they use IEEE. I know. It says it on the website. I know. But yeah, IEEE 1394. If you see that, that's FireWire. So um, yeah, very, very popular with... Um, with video camera enthusiasts, but yeah, I think, uh, I think things are moving toward USB only or even Bluetooth. Now there's still, there's still some development on the firewire front. I know that sure. there, there's a push to, to pull out another, yet another new standard for firewire, which I think would transfer data in excess of six gigabits per second. Well, it's funny you should mention six gigabits. Why is that? Other people are, are doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, like um, the ESATA uh, transfer standard. Um, mm. It's it's less popular than the other two, but um, it is probably the uh, the last of the holdouts, I guess. Um, of course, SATA is a popular standard for internally mounting components on a computer, um, but there is an external connector, and you see you do see that on some PCs in different places. Um, but that uh, the the current standard for uh, for SATA is six gigabit per second. But uh, USB three is approaching that. Yeah, it's not quite. It's not it's quite that fast. Range. It's in four point eight gigabits per second. Which, if you uh, look at the USB two point that's ten times faster. I was going to say that falls into the nothing to sneeze at category. Yes, yes. If you were to sneeze at that, you should be reprimanded. Exactly. For it is nothing to sneeze at. Yes, USB three point Sometimes uh, people call it USB super speed. And um, they've added five lines, I, as I was saying earlier when I was fumbling around thinking, was it four or was it five? But they're not all copper anymore. No. There's fiber optic right. material in there. And uh, yeah, we're looking at um, we're looking at the potential for devices to be able to move data very, very quickly. Um, 
still, it's still one of those device host arrangements. Sure. The thing I like about FireWire is the idea of being able to share information between two separate devices without even bringing a computer into the picture. Um, I really do like that, that capability. Uh, I don't tend to use anything that has FireWire in it. I just happen to think that's a, that's a neat, uh, ability to have, um, as opposed to having to use a computer as the middleman for all of your, you know, data transfers. Um, but, I do think uh, that USB has become pretty much the de facto standard across the industry. And so uh, USB 3.0 has got a good chance of being the, the standard for high-speed data transfers um, between devices and your computer. So I'm looking forward to our USB overlords. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be using plenty of devices that use that standard. So. I'm going to hit you with a question that you probably weren't expecting. Oh, good. So I assume that USB 3.0 will be backward compatible also mm-hmm. and that you will be able to use your USB 1.1 or USB 2 hub if you want to or, you know, it, it's just well, going to be slow. I know the connectors are a little different, so I'm not entirely sure that you could plug a USB 3 cord. I seen one. You haven't? No. They're pretty. Oh, okay. They're not. They're not pretty. <laughs> it's a cord. They're, they're beige. It's a cable. Actually, the ones I saw were blue. What? Oh, blue. Um, yeah, they I had know. some at CES. Um, yeah, I, you know, I didn't take a good, close enough look. Uh, I don't, I'm not entirely certain that you would be able to, uh, to plug a USB 3 cord into a non-USB 3 device. However, I do think it's backwards compatible in the sense that you could use a USB 2 cord to connect your computer to a device, it just would move data at the USB two speed. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you had the, if you had a USB two cord and a USB two device, you could, the, you could plug it into your computer. If you had a USB three cord, you're going to need a USB three device because the end that plugs into your device is going to be different. Okay. Yeah. Was that the question or were you leading up to something? No, that was the question. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, all right, now hit me with your question. <laughs> I had Mexican for lunch. All right. In case that was another question. (laughs) Just in case. No, no, that's all I've got. That's all you got? Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. That's all I've got too, except, um, oh, well, you know, there's one other thing we could talk about very briefly. Okay. There's one other standard that's in development that we may see or we may never see, which is wireless USB. Which I find to be sort of oxymoronic. Yeah, kind of. Um, and and from what I understand, most of the wireless USB, it's it, we're talking about ultra short range data transfers. Um, and so shorter than Bluetooth. Shorter than Bluetooth. Range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about really close to to whatever devices. And here's the other thing about wireless USB. There's one important component of USB that you cannot achieve wirelessly as of right now. The plug. That would be it. The power, <laughs> because um, <laughs> even Tesla has not figured out how to do that. Um, yeah, broadcasting power back and forth between your device and the computer is not uh, not really possible right now. So um, that part of the USB equation is null and void when you're talking about wireless USB. So if you had a wireless USB mouse, you'd have to have some kind of battery power going on in the mouse in order for you to use that device. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've... I've got a wireless, <laughs> I've got a wireless mouse, but it's not a USB mouse. So, and of course it has the, um, it has a docking station sort of thing. Uh, it actually plugs into the computer. So it's not so like a dongle. Wireless. Yeah. Kind of like a dongle. Dongle. <laughs> uh, the French call it dongle. 
Um, but yeah, that's, that, that, I hope that answers your question, Leanna. Um, the, the, really when you're looking at USB, you're just looking at moving data back and forth between devices and computers. You shouldn't need any sort of adapter. I mean, if you are using an old hub that's plugged into your computer and you're, you realize that it's taking a really long time to move data, it might be time to buy a new hub because it may be that the hub you've got is a USB 1.1 and that would be the problem. But if, you know, as soon, as long as everything's at USB 2.0, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to move at pretty good speeds. Yep. There you go. So this, um, this brings us round to, uh, our second bout of listener mail. Oh man. So this comes from Jesse. <clears throat> hey guys, I just wanted to say, while I love the last podcast, technology we can uh, thank NASA for, I must admit that I was very disappointed at the list of inventions. While many of these are great ideas and benefit mankind in a nonchalant way, I found I was eager to hear about great world-changing advances. Unfortunately, the hype climaxed somewhere near the mention of a space pen. Although extremely entertaining, if I may be cliche, it isn't the sort of thing it takes a rocket scientist to figure out. Anyways, thanks for the entertaining podcast. Well, Jesse, um, we thought about this, and, you know, we were really looking at different technologies that benefit us on a day-to-day basis and the kind of things that, you know, we might not have if we didn't have NASA. But if you want something that's really world-changing, how about a ship that can take a man to the freaking moon? That sounds pretty advanced. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a big one, I would say. Um, lots or, of other ones, big sat, the communication satellites. We actually mentioned that. That's true. Um, and the, uh, the ship that can launch and then return like a plane. Yeah. Another big one. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some pretty decent inventions NASA's made that have been world changing. Um, and you know, who, who, who's to say? that the smaller, quote-unquote, inventions haven't changed the world in some fundamental way, we wouldn't know unless we were able to look in on a world that did not have those inventions now, would we? And I have one of those inventions, but I'm not sharing it with the rest of you. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so if Sorry. any of you want to be mocked by Tech Stuff, please write to techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Uh, no, we won't really mock you. And Jesse, that was a good question, so we appreciate it. And uh, that's true. They were they were pretty ubiquitous, normal, everyday things. But I I thought that was kind of cool that they had to invent all those things. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, but if it, got a point. if you want to learn more about the USB or, or FireWire technologies, we have articles on that at HowStuffWorks.com, and we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.